You got me? Yeah, you got me? Yeah, man. Alrighty, what is up, guys? And welcome into another edition of the Joe podcast. And for the life of me, over the last week since the firing of general manager John Robinson and the debacle that was the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been sort of trying to circle the wagons and figure out exactly what is the problem with this Tennessee Titans team. And I can't, I can't do it, but I'm hoping that today's special guest that I have with me on the show can help me out with that. He is one of the hosts of the Second and Victory podcast on Broadway or with Broadway Sports Media. And he is one of the biggest Tennessee Titans fans that I've ever met in my life. So without further any further ado, I would like to bring on my good friend, Austin Nelson. Austin, what's going on, man? That was a very, um, very welcoming introduction, Jim. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I did not deserve that, but I appreciate that. I'm good, man. How are you? Good to talk to you. You too, man. Just, you know, trying to fight off the Twitter trolls one day at a time. I hear that. I swear, Austin, if you could if you could just see some of the Twitter mentions that I've gotten over the last month and a half or so. It's really unbelievable. You and me both, man. People uh people react and overreact to, to anything and everything we say and, and they take it and they run with it and then they come back and they're not afraid to, to come back and and show you when you're wrong or they don't they don't want to tell you when you're right either. So it's just part of it. Yeah, I suppose it is. I just, I mean, I just look at it as so the fact that I'm getting those sorts of mentions is just the sign that I'm living rent-free in people's heads. Exactly it. That's it. Yeah, but uh, Austin, what's going on with this Titans team, man, in your view? <laughs> It's a multitude of things, Jim. It's not just one thing. Um, right now, the easiest thing to look at is the health of the team. They're not healthy. Um, you know, this Sunday against the Chargers, they're going to have set. They'll be down seven defensive starters. Uh, you'll be down uh, Traylon Burks, your wide receiver mm-hmm. one, um, and uh, Dontre Hilliard will not play. Uh, this it that's right now. That's the biggest thing. It's just hard to to watch this team, and it's hard for them to have any sort of chemistry and builds any sort of continuity because the starters that you relied on uh, before the year aren't playing, you know, they'll, 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 they'll come back from injury and then they'll tweak something else and they're injured again. Um, or they'll come back from injury and, and then Traylon Burks gets hit on a cheap play in Philly. And now he's out, you know, another two weeks now. So uh, it's just, it's just one bad thing after the other right now for the Titans team. And I think right now health, uh, is the biggest thing, but outside of that, you know, before 
you know, you could look at the play calling. Um, you can look at um, the personnel, um, mm-hmm. the depth of the team, and, and that's another reason why they're not playing as best as they can. So this this season, they're going to squeak by and, and win a bad division, I think. I, I, I mean, and I have to say I think now because the way they're playing, anybody can beat the Titans at the moment, and I, and I mean anybody. Mm-hmm. So – if I had to put my my finger on it, I'd, I'd say health. But outside of that, there's a lot of different issues. And the, and another thing too that I think could sort of hinder the Titans along the way is the fact that Trevor Lawrence was just playing with so much confidence last week, and I'm looking at the division standings in the AFC South right now. The, the Titans are currently at seven and six. The Jags are at five and eight. So we've got a, and we being the Titans, obviously, obviously, uh, got a two game lead on the Jags right now. But with Trevor Lawrence, playing the way that he played last week, I think the Titans have got to be on their P's and Q's because the Jags, I feel like, are a team that's just playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think it starts with the coaching. Um, They have a really good coach now, Doug Peterson, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we all knew Super Bowl winning coach. Exactly. I think we all knew at some point that Urban Meyer experience is not going to work out, and it 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 didn't even last a season, right? So, um, you know, he was successful in Dabo Sweeney's offense under a good a good proven head coach, and, and you know, Doug Peterson's the same way. I, I when that when that hiring happened, I was like, all right, the Jags they'll be back. Don't know when, but they'll be back. They'll be more competitive than what we've seen in the last couple of years from them. Um, but yeah, Trevor Lawrence is. You know T Law, like I like to call him. Uh, he he's he's made some plays right in the, in the first couple of years of, of him being in the league, but not enough. Also, hadn't had a lot of weapons around him, so now they have um, Evan. They go get Evan Ingram. They go get Zay Jones. Um, they go get Christian Kirk. I mean, and see, these aren't these aren't you know blowing you away guys, but like that's a solid foundation to start with. They have Travis Etienne. They trade away James Robinson. They'll only build off that now. They'll go get more weapons for Travis Lawrence. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence. And so we'll see. Uh, I think they, the Jags, I think, right now are the team that, that scares you the most in the division because the Colts, you know, you can say they have a good roster, but they don't have a good quarterback. And so um, mm. Texans still have a lot of work to do on their end. Um, but we'll see if they can get it right at the quarterback position too. Come the draft, um, as they'll have the number one pick, most likely. But um, yeah, I, I listen. I, you know, the, the the Titans have a, a favorable schedule. Um, should have a favorable schedule. You know, with the Jags do as well. Uh, so if the Jags can sneak up and beat the the Cowboys this weekend, and the Titans lose, it's another game. Uh, they've uh, they've gained on the Titans, but we'll see. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Spit. Speaking of person, you bring up the Jags personnel. I want to go back to the Titans personnel 
for a minute. You mentioned the fact that they've just had so many guys in and out of the lineup and so many guys on the practice squad and back off the practice squad and what have you. Do you think that all of that turnover is probably the main reason why John Robinson is no longer the Titans general manager. 100%. And I don't even think it's just, it's just this season, but, but what he, what he rolled out with at the beginning of the year and said, Hey, this is our 2022 Titans team. There were so many holes in it. You're like, okay. I mean, we'll see what happens. Didn't really address the wide receiver position still. Yeah. You go get Robert Woods and you have, you know, you trade away AJ Brown and get, you know, you, you supply that with, with, Charlie Burks, you had to do that. But it's still a very underproven um, offense. He did not address the offensive line. Um, just there's the depth as well. Like I said, the, 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 you know, you're, you're going out with guys that you're relying on, younger younger guys to rely on, and um, not a whole lot of veteran depth on both sides of the ball. Um but I think, yeah, again, that's a that's a big reason why John's not here. Uh, he did not um, – he relied too much on the undrafted free agents and the late-round pick guys. He had too many swings and misses with the first-round picks and the higher picks. Um, mm-hmm. Isaiah Wilson, Dylan Radins now. Um, the list goes on and on. Uh, Caleb Farley, Rashawn Evans. <clears throat> a lot of these guys that are not here anymore. The only guy that's still in the first – that John Robinson is drafting the first round that's still here is Jeff Simmons. So mm-hmm. uh, just a lot of a lot of players that have come through St. Thomas Sports Park and they've left and it's just kind of like they're gone gone with the wind. Um and it, it's just I think Amy Adams Strunk got fed up with it. I don't think um that Eagles loss had anything to do with with uh his firing. She said that, you know, she made her mind up before that game. But when your former franchise wide receiver goes out there and scores two touchdowns over 100 yards and, and rubs it in your face, mm-hmm. like the cherry on top, right? So, um, I think uh, I think that didn't help his case at all. Um, but it's just you know, right now with the team, the personnel, there, there's no uh, energy with this team. If you sit watching play on Sundays, there's no life. Um, they look very. Uh, mundane it's a boring offense they're kind of going through the motions motions they show flashes of greatness that first quarter against jacksonville you know they put up 14 points dick henry has 96 yards in the first quarter you're thinking okay he's about to have a day Titans are gonna win this game and they just kind of lose it um i don't want to put all this on john robinson i think Vrabel has to take some criticism has to take some blame um Mm -hmm. as well but um like you, like you asked, uh, personnel is, is definitely the, one of the biggest reasons why John Robinson's not here anymore. But, yeah, the, the whole A.J. Brown situation, I'm with you because I don't think that that one move was the number one reason why J-Rob is no longer with the team. But just to see, I mean, both of A.J. Brown's touchdown catches, the first one where – He's wide open, and he catches the ball, I think, a yard or two short 
of the goal line, and then he just turns around and literally walks back into the end zone. I just feel like that was the ultimate troll if you're somebody like A.J. Brown. And then the second one, he just – and I cannot remember which one of the Titans DBs he made this play on, but just – Catch, completely catches the ball over this man for his second touchdown of the game. Not a good look for the Tennessee Titans defense. And about the personnel, uh, you, met, you mentioned the sort of hits and misses that J-Rob had over the years. And to be fair, he has made some very big hits when you look at the, really going back to, I think the DeMarco Murray trade was one of his more underrated moves. Sure. Because, because, you know, at that time, we had no idea that, Derrick Henry was going to turn into Derrick Henry at that time. And that's, I think, one of J-Rob's more underrated moves. But on the other hand, the pretty much the entire, think about this, Austin, the entire 2020 draft class is no longer with the team. Exactly. You you cannot have that much turnover and expect for there to be any sort of sustainable success. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, You can count on, I think, one hand how many guys that John Robinson's re-signed that he's drafted. Derrick Henry. Kevin Byard. Oh, I'm blanking right now. Um, Jeff Simmons. Not yet. It, it'll it'll happen. We think, uh, but that 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 should be coming. That that'll be another guy that that, that you can say that to. Oh, you're you're talking about the contract extension? Yeah, just the guys that he's extended since he's been. You know, the the guy he's drafted. Uh, Henry. Oh my God, I'm blanking right now. Amani Hooker. Amani Hooker. Amani Hooker. Harold uh, Landry. Landry, I think there's one more I'm missing. Is it Nate Davis? Uh, no, I believe Nate Davis is up for an extension this year. Might be right. After this year. I anyway, believe he, he extended Ben Jones for a year right, or two. Right. But my point is, is that, that the, the guys that he's drafted since, his, you know, he's been here since 2016 – uh, there's, a, there's only a, a select few that, that they're still on the roster. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a massive amount of turnover um, since he's been here. And every GM has hits and misses. That's part of the job. You, you're not going to be um, shoot 100%. But John has had way more misses and bigger misses than he has hits, sp- specifically with first-round picks. Um Free agency has not gone and got out, you know, the big fish per se, as some other teams have. Um, and his misses have shined brighter than his hits. And I think it's one of the bigger reasons why, you know, again, like I said, John's not here anymore is because of that. 
Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see what the next GM does, how they approach this team and the personnel. One of the things that I've, I've, I've mentioned on our podcast uh, here recently was, you know, John had, had a niche, a tough, physical, gritty, hard-nosed football player mm-hmm. uh, of the way of the Titans, right? But he, he signed players that maybe should have never been on the, on the team to begin with. A lot of um, underperforming, maybe high-character players. I'm going to say Cody Hollister to name one because I think Cody Hollister has no business ever being on a football field. But Cody Hollister's been on this team now for three, four seasons. Why? Like, why haven't you gone and improved that slot, right? Like, go find a player that's actually going to help you and, and, and perform better than a Cody Hollister. But the one I want to talk about is Laryl uh, Murchison, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fifth round a few years back. Well, Merch just got like a two-year extension a few weeks back when John was still the GM. John gets fired, and Ryan Cowden cuts Laurel Murchison. I don't know why. It was a very odd thing. It was odd to me to begin with when he got the extension because it's like, okay, Merch is somebody that's not, you know, he's he's um, buried on the depth chart. You got guys like Kevin Strong, Mario Edwards, uh, Tier Tart playing over Merch, but you give him a two-year extension. Okay, interesting. I don't, I don't know why, but okay. Um, you know the, the whole trust J Rob thing, and J Rob we, we trust is what you know. All oh, the, geez. What all the Titans fans you know believed in for so long, but then you know John gets cut, gets fired. Excuse me. Ryan Cowden comes in, and then cuts Laurel Murchison. You're thinking that sounds more like it. So I think a lot of things, a lot of time too, was John's biggest fault was that he get, he did not get rid of the players that he needed to, and that's kind of why this roster looks the way it does right now is because there's a lot of guys that have no business being on this team. They don't help this team in any way, and so now when your starting caliber players get hurt, your depth is poor. And so, I, to me, that's the biggest reason why John's fired. Right, and really quickly, and I know, I just want to touch on this really quick. I know. One of the guys that you also have some major issues with is Dennis Daly. And, you know, he's had to sort of step in right into the fire because at the beginning of the season, you think, okay, they traded for Dennis Daly. He's going to be sort of the depth piece that you want behind Taylor Lewan on the offensive line. And then, boom, Taylor Lewan goes out with the injury, and Dennis Daly is forced to step in. And really, Dennis Daly's he's not so much a left tackle as he is a giant human turnstile it seems, and I think that Scott Federer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, somebody really needs to charge this man with highway robbery for the theft that he committed against the Titans in making that trade, because, and I can't remember exactly what the Titans gave up to get Dennis Daly, but he's just been absolutely awful 
uh, I don't know if absolutely awful is even the word to describe it, Jim. Um, <laughs> I think Dennis Daly is the is the biggest waste of space in a waste of a football player. I think the Titans have ever seen. He is absolutely awful. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying about Vrabel. Like he has a lot to uh, a lot of criticism to give because he's still letting this man um, play football in dress. Um, Dennis Davis should have been cut a long time ago. Dennis Davis should have never been traded for. Like again, another J Rob thing. Out of all the the tackles out there, you knew you needed a tackle, some depth, a swing player per se. Mm-hmm. Dennis Daly's the guy that you found, John. Like, that's the guy that was like, oh, he's going to help our football team out for a fifth-round pick. Like, I'm sure Carolina was like, whoa, is, is Dennis Daly still even on the roster? Like, do we have Dennis Daly here still? And they're probably, like, just, you know, grinning ear-to-ear to know that, you know, another team wanted to trade for him. That's how I see it, at least, right? Because I think he's absolutely terrible. He is one of the worst-graded tackles, offensive linemen, not only this season, but, like, historically. He's having a – Terrible season. I, th- um, I think he may literally be the worst. I saw some sort of stat on Twitter the other day that said, I think out of X amount of offensive tackles, he ranks the lowest and in, in at least one of the major categories. <laughs> That's how bad it is. He's he's awful. Uh, and again, like I said, I don't I don't know why they continue to to to, to throw him out there, um, knowing that Tannehill's not one hundred percent, and he's still battling through on that that bum ankle. Uh, it's not helping the pass blocking. It's certainly not helping Derrick Henry in the run blocking. Um, and I think that's a, that's another reason why Derrick Henry has not you know had as well of a season, even though he's second in league in rushing. There's been weeks where you know he's he's held to under 50 yards just because of the off the line play, um, and and it does not help that Dennis Daly's you know still out there blocking for Derek. Yeah, is the do you think the offensive line is, and I hate that we're having to talk about what sort of moves need to be made in the off season because this typically isn't something that you do when you're talking about a team that is leading the division with four games left. But anyway, here we are. Uh, yep. Do you, th- do you think the offensive line is the number one priority in the off season in terms of personnel or do you think it's something else? No, it's definitely uh, the line, in my opinion. I think it starts there. Um, Titans, in, in, in historically, have had have had solid uh, offensive lines, pretty good offensive lines um, throughout the course of their, of their of the franchise. And this is just a very very bad year. And I think it all kind of, it's kind of like a spiraling effect now from the whole Isaiah Wilson thing. They've been trying to find a tackle. They go find NPF. NPF's playing well. He's a rookie, but he's playing well enough to get the job done on the right side. Um, it doesn't help that you're you know. Franchise cornerstone left tackle has had two ACL tears in three years, so I don't think Taylor's back. Taylor's talked about not being back. I think he he's a, he's a realist. Mm-hmm. He understands that and sees that it's the, it's the part of the business. But at this point, when Taylor does play, Taylor's productive and Taylor Taylor blocks. Um, would Taylor take a very very um, 
Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a hometown discount, per se, right? So would he take a mm-hmm. very um, deserving um, discount? Maybe. I don't know what that looks like. Or is it time just to move on from Taylor Lewan? And I think that's probably what's going to happen. Then you move over to the to left guard, Aaron Brewer. Aaron Brewer is uh, one of the smallest guards in the league. He's, he, he cannot, you know, he, he has had a, a rough time this season as well. I don't think he's back. Ben Jones, I think, is back next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Davis is going to probably be back. I would assume then you have, of course, you have MPF. He's your, he's your right tackle for the next couple of years. So I think they had the right side figured out. It's just that left side, um, your, your blind side. And, and it's not even the starting tackle and guard. I think it's the depth behind that, too. Um, Dylan Raiden is obviously uh, is not the guy that you thought he'd be when you drafted him. Another swing and miss by J-Rob. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. And then they got guys behind them. Um, you know, LaRaven Clark, they go and get. He's not going to play at all. Corey Levin, uh, they haven't moved him to guard. He's staying there at center, you know, backing up Ben Jones. Um, there's a couple guys on the practice squad. Um, Andrew Rup- uh, Rupkic, um, Jordan Roos has seen some uh, some play. Um, so it's just it, it's a it's a room that doesn't have a whole lot of depth, and I think that's one of the biggest things they had to go to go do in the offseason. I'm not so certain that you don't see the, the Titans, you know, draft a, a lineman in the, in the in the first round this year, unless there's a wide receiver that's just screaming, you know, that falls to in the in the mid 20s to the Titans. Um, so I think they need to go off the line heavy, and I think with some of the 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 departures they'll have in the offseason. Uh, cut some guys to free up some cap room because they're they're in cap hell at the moment, uh, so they got to make some space. And you know, like we talked about with Lawan, he's owed fourteen mil next year. The Titans aren't going to give him fourteen mil, so if he's back, no. it's on a very very cheap deal. And I think it's it's even more you know um, more confident to say that he won't be back at all. So it's going to look different next year. Yeah, that and that that's another thing that I've noticed is that. The whole whole Taylor Lewan situation. I think he pretty much has been open about the fact that he may not be back next season because he's a nine-year veteran, I believe. And at this point, obviously, he understands the business side of it. Uh, one of the things that I noticed that you guys touched on in the latest episode of Second and Victory, which is titled the, I believe it's called the the Diary of a Depressed Titans Fan. Uh, that is 100% right. That's how which, we felt. We just needed an episode of Vent on our first racing, so that's what we called it. Yeah, which, very fitting title, by the way. But one of the things I noticed that one of your co-hosts talking about, I can't remember if it was Brett or Chris, but one of the things that they brought up was the need to address tackle in free agency more so than in the draft. Yeah. And that's something that I fully agree am on board with, but just, purely because of the messes that 
the Titans have had in the draft. When you look at a guy like Dylan Radens in particular, who was a second round draft pick, and you, when you draft him that high, you're thinking, okay, he's going to be the guy that, if need be, can step in and take over a starting role. Obviously, that hasn't panned out the way the Titans would have liked it to pan out. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% correct about that. So I think they've got to go on the free agent market and try to solidify that left side of the offensive line. Have to. Um, and I, I would agree with Chris on that. I think Chris did say that. Um, you know, you're going to find your, um, you know, your bridge tackle per se uh, mm-hmm. and free agency. It just depends who that guy is. And I think that's what I'm more excited for for the next GM to come in and kind of I, I want to see what they do, like what they want this team to look like. Because Amy Adams Strunk has a high expectation for this franchise. She's ready to win a Super Bowl. They're about mm-hmm. to go um stadium that she wants this to have a world-class team and a world-class stadium so she's not going to settle for less not going to appreciate that about her none of us want to watch a 2 and 14 team anymore a 3-1 season like she expects greatness i thank her for that so now it's putting that on the field and finding the guy that's going to give that to the fans and i said to say this like, I want to see who they go get. Like, what are the kind of guys they go get? So, like, right now, if you look in the free agency market for tackles for uh, 2023, Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, for the Chiefs. Um, I'm assuming he'll go, you know, the Chiefs. That's a, it, he's going to be 27 by the time next year. He's a young tackle. Um, going to pay a lot of money. Jack Conklin is a free agent, free agent again. That's mm. um, George Fant from the Jets. You have Cam Irving for the Panthers. Uh, Mike McGlinchey for the 49ers. Uh, they'd be crazy to let him go. Brandon Parker for the, t- uh, the for the Raiders. Andre Dillard for the Eagles. I think that's a guy that makes a lot of sense. At the trade deadline, I was hoping the Titans would make a trade for him because uh, I think he'd be much better than Dennis Daly, obviously. Um, and Andre Dillard just kind of sitting on the bench right now. Uh, he's not playing at the moment. So that's a guy that, that you should have went and got at the deadline. But the Titans, again, were in cap hell. They couldn't afford him. Um, so – Thanks, J-Rob. There's some guys out there. I don't know what they do. Um, and I mean, there's some guards in here as well that you can go get. But, yeah, they're going to have to go uh, um, sign a – you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not so certain they won't sign three to four uh, O-linemen in free agency. Yeah, and the, the – uh, even though I think that tackle needs to be – a primary area of concern in free agency. I'm not, that's not to say to not draft guys because not draft, not to draft guys that can play on the offensive line because in today's NFL, you can really never have enough good offensive linemen. But another interesting thing that I wanted to bring up was the, quarterback spot and Ryan Tannehill and his massive contract that is up there with Patrick Mahomes and again thanks J-Rub for that but here's the deal Austin 
uh, I believe after this season, Ryan Tannehill is owed no more guaranteed money on his contract, meaning that the Titans can obviously move on from him if they choose to and not have to deal with the massive cap hit. And having said that, I do think, as of right now, I do think that he is probably their best option, even though Malik Willis has shown some positive things, especially in the preseason. Uh, How do you see the Tennessee Titans quarterback situation playing out this offseason? It's a great question. Um, I said when they drafted Malik Willis, um, we all know he'd be a project, and he wouldn't be a franchise quarterback. We don't think so, at least, right? He's got the intangibles, big arm. He can Mm – Smaller. That's kind of where the game's going now. They, they, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a passing league, and this Titans team has has ran the ball for so long. I think all of us kind of want to see a change of pace. Like I love Derrick Henry. You can argue that he's on the Mount Rushmore of, of you know the Titans franchise. Like you could argue he's the best Titan of all time. You could argue it, right? Um, but he's aging. He's going to be twenty nine um, next season. And, you know, that, that his prime's coming to an end. And I think people are – I'm kind of getting off sub, subject here, but I, I'll come back to it, I promise. Um, I think another reason why the decline of Derrick Henry is happening is because J-Rob didn't put a well enough offensive line in front of him. Um, and um, also the decline of Ryan Tannehill is because J-Rob did not put the uh, weapons around him that he needed to. So, you can uh, – you know, point the finger at a lot of guys. Um, but end of the day, your quarterback has just not got it done. Like, does Ryan Tannehill elevate the people around him? I don't think he hurts it by any means, but he needs he needs weapons for him to be successful. Mm-hmm. He has the wide receivers like he does right now. He's not successful. So you need a guy that can elevate your team no matter what. And Ryan Tannehill is just not that. He's been to um, – an AFC championship game, they had a lead there. He couldn't finish the deal. Uh, they get embarrassed at home against the Ravens in 2021. And then last year, the number one seed, um, through all the injuries and all the other, you know, crap that happened throughout the year, and you have a home playoff game, and the city's buzzing, and the first play of the game, you throw an interception. And then you go on to throw three interceptions in that game against the Bengals. And I think at that point, people are like, all right, I'm done with Tannehill. Like, he is what he is. He can get you a, he can get you an AFC South crown, but he's not going to get you a Super Bowl. It's just not who he is. And I think we're all kind of sick of it. Like we we know what Tannehill is. It was fun. He had a great run in Tennessee. I'll forever thank him for that. These these last four years of him have been phenomenal. Uh, but I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to see something else. Um, and I don't know if Malik Willis is that, but I think he's the guy on the roster right now that you have to kind of hand the keys to and say, all right, let's see what you got. And then you got to make your roster better and put the weapons around Malik Willis to elevate him and see what he can do. Um, I'm glad he's learning this season. He's had some experience. You know, he got, he almost pulled off a thriller in Kansas City and won that game. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't trust him yet. And so I don't know 
Jim what it looks like, but I don't think Tannehill's back next season. He's got that out in his contract this year. It will be $18 million in dead cap. They'll have to eat. Um, but I think they're okay with that. They don't have to pay him the 36 mil that he's owed. Um, so we shall see, but I do not think Tannehill's back in 2023. Well, uh, so it turns out that they would still have to eat some of the contract. I thought that all of his guaranteed money was up, but I guess the the hit is not going to be – it's going to be there. Don't get me wrong, but I guess it's not going to be as bad as it would have been if they had already moved on from him. But, yeah, to, to me – I mean, Tannehill has never been a guy that can just take over a game like a Patrick Mahomes. No. Like like a Lamar Jackson when healthy. Like a – I'm trying to come up with some names here. Joe Burrow. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Like, Like a Joe Burrow. For sure, who the Titans obviously have a lot of experience with in that Bengals playoff game that I'm not going to get too much into detail for, for just for obvious reasons. But Tannehill has never been a guy that can take over a game. And I just think that that's the sort of player that the Titans need to have under center. Do you think that Mike Vrabel, who I assume will be back, and I'm going to touch on this a little bit more later, but I think Mike Vrabel believes that Malik Willis can possibly be the guy do you think that is the case with him i think the jury's still out i think it's way too early uh my gut says no uh but i have no idea i think you know you look at the course of 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 history with with guys that kind of were picked in that middle round um the two off the top of my head are uh dak prescott and russell wilson like you know there was you know at the time of the draft they were still on the board, the teams that were like, all right, you know, do we need a quarterback, a, de- a, de- a development guy? Yeah, we'll go get a Dak Prescott to back up Tony Romo. Um, yeah, we'll go get Russell Wilson because he has, you know, he's really good in college. And look what they turn out to be. Um, I don't know if Malik can be that. I have no idea. But like I said, he's got the intangibles to do so, a, a massive arm. And he can run the ball. Um, but he's got to put all of it together. So I, I don't know, but I, I would like to see. I think it'd be fun to kind of watch him. Um, on Sundays, but again, you got to have weapons, and the Titans just don't. Right, uh, they don't, and it's going to be just one of the many questions that the new gen- whoever the new general manager ends up being is going to have to answer. One of the things 
that I think is going to be interesting this offseason is the sort of structure within the organization because the new GM is going to be walking into a situation very similar to what John Robinson walked walked into himself when he first took the Titans GM job, which is he is inherit he will be inheriting a coach that he did not hire. And I think whoever that new GM ends up being is going to be having some discussions with Mike Vrabel about the coaching staff in particular and Todd Downing in particular. And I think, how do you see this? Do you think it's going to be a situation where, because just for context, both J-Rob and Mike Vrabel did sign contract extensions before the beginning of this season. And do you think that the new GM is going to sit down with Mike Vrabel and say, if you do not make these changes, then, you know, we appreciate the work that you've done here, but it's time for us to go in a different direction or the, do you flip that and see Mike Vrabel having even more influence, maybe not necessarily over the GM, but in terms of personnel decisions than we might realize right now? It's a good question. Uh, and we've talked about that on the podcast as well. Um, I definitely think the Titans make a, a – they'll go get a general manager. They won't let, you know, be the whole Bill Belichick thing where he's the GM and, and uh, uh, coach at the same time. That's not how the Titans are, and I don't think that's how Mike Vrabel rolls either. I think Vrabel – it's two things. I think he's been doing this long enough where um, he knows football. Like, he knows who he needs and what he's looking for to be successful, like the guys that he wants on his roster. And I just don't think John Robinson was giving him that. And I think that's kind of – I think they had a really good relationship. I don't think they hated each other. Back and forth. I just think that John did his job, and then Mike did his job with the guys that John gave him. So with this new guy, I don't know how much say Mike will have in it. He still may just be the guy of, all right, you go get the guys, and, and um, I'll coach him. He'll have some say. I just don't think he'll have, you know, all right, I want this player over this player. It's not his job. I don't think he'll ever do that. Um, he's been doing, like I said, long enough to know um, everybody has a role, and he'll, he'll, he'll do his role the best he can. Um, but when it comes to, um, you know, the, the pro days and scouting combines and senior bowls and you know, come draft time, like they'll, they'll, they'll make their mind up on a few players that they like at the, the top of their draft board and go get them. At the end of the day, I think it's always on the GM to make the call, final call, and they have to live with that. And I think um, you look back at um, 
draft night when AJ Brown was traded, mm-hmm. and the clip that was floated around of at the end when 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 it was final, and the trade went through, Mike gets up from the desk and shakes his head like, I, "Okay, I cannot believe this just happened." Because it's I believe he even stormed out of the room. That was as long as I'm the head coach. AJ Brown will never uh, will be a, you know AJ Brown will be a Titan. And I hate to go mm-hmm. back to that, but it's such a, it's such a big thing that happened is for this franchise. And look where they're at now, and they're kind of you know trying to figure things out from there. Um, but I do think I think it's important for the next GM and Mike to have a, have a working relationship. I I I think Mike is is safe for a couple seasons, especially coming off coach of the year. Um, I just think that with what he has to work with right now, it's not a ton. So I think they have to have to find a way to flip this roster, not have a more of a re a rebuild, um, but just a retool and and kind of tweak what's on the roster and improve it because they still are one of the you know the weakest division in football. Um, they still you know will be three time back to back to back AFC South champions. They want to stay on top. It's now it's finding a way from 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 just being an AFC South crown to competing for that AFC title again. And, and get back to that spot. So it starts with quarterback, but you know you got to have the pieces around that as well. And so the Titans have a lot. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a crazy off season. Oh, for sure. And uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered. Really quick, Austin. One one more thing before I let you get out of here is the remaining schedule for the Tennessee Titans. This week, they are at Los Angeles against the Chargers, who absolutely scare me, by the way, based on the way they played last week against the Miami Dolphins. And the week after that, they are at home against Houston on Christmas Eve. And then they have a short week the next week when they welcome in the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. And then they are at Jacksonville to close out the season. What do you want to see over the course of the next four games for the Titans to make any sort of statement as they let's assume that they do knock on wood end up winning the AFC South and hosting that home playoff game. What sort of I guess, statement do you need them to make over the next four games to sort of let everybody know that they're still going to be a, a force to be reckoned with when they get to the postseason? Winning, I think, is just, is, is it, it's as simple as that. Just just win out. If you, if you win out, then that first – Playoff game they'll have at home. It's most likely going to be against the Bengals again. Um, I oh. 
Um, it's what it's going to come down to. Just you want to you want to end the season on on a, a, a high note because right now this team, like I said, has no energy. Um, it's a very mundane, boring offense. Uh, they're not playing well on either side of the ball right now, and so have some chemistry, some continuity, defense uh, to create some turnovers. Offense has to limit the turnovers. Um, you want your wide receivers to get going. You need to get healthy as well. You need Nico Autry back. You need Traylon Burks back. You need Amani Hooker back. Like the guys that are going to help you finish this run out. They need to play because right now these Lonnie Johnsons and Trey Averys and Terrence Mitchells, these guys that are you know they you, it's not who you want to be on the field. Like you want your best players playing, and right now the Titans don't. So get healthy, and again, winning is going to solve all the issues. So you went out. Um, it's a tall ask right now, this team, especially with how banged up they are. And you're playing a quarterback in Justin Herbert this Sunday who could throw for 500 yards on you, mm. um, especially after what Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence just did to you. So just win, I think, is what it comes down to. Al, Al Davis said it best, just win, baby. That's right. That's right. But, uh, all right. Uh, I guess that's going to do it. Austin, I'm right. really enjoyed it. I'm glad that you could hop on the show with me to talk some Titans. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Jim. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you again in the off season, especially leading up to the upcoming NFL draft. It's going to be a fun ride up until then, my man. So get ready for it. Absolutely. Alrighty, that is Austin Nelson from Second and Victory. And again, Austin, thank you so much for coming on the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast and talking some Titans with me. Absolutely, Jim. Appreciate you, man. Good talking to you. You too, man. Take care.